Welcome to the Persistence You podcast with Lisbeth, and that's you as in university. But we're much more of a community here. I'm your host, Lisbeth Meredith, author, speaker, and online teacher. Each week, I'll be delivering stories from amazing survivors and strivers, all threaded together with a dose of persistence. So glad you're listening. I'm doing something I don't normally do this week, and I just interviewed Cassie Sanchez, but her interview was so timely. It's National Novel Writing Month, and really that's international. It's called NaNoWriMo, and if you don't know about NaNoWriMo, look it up. It is fabulous, and it's an invitation to everyone, everyone who's never even thought about writing, to really make it a priority and see what happens within the month of November. Cassie is a mom who really, really, really adored being a stay-at-home mom. But when the opportunity came for her to create her own identity, writing was her dream and it became her craft because she was brave enough to go for it. And so I really love Cassie's interview. And she talks about book marketing and that being the next thing that she needs to work on. And I will tell you, of course, today and tomorrow being November 9th, or actually November 10th, 2021, and November 11th, 2021, I'm hosting a free, 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 free workshop on three mistakes new authors make and the mindset shifts to fix them. And it's all about book marketing and getting rid of that awful feeling of feeling so slimy and skeezy. So this week's episode is brought to you by Book Marketing on the Skinny and my upcoming workshops. And don't forget to look at NaNoWriMo and enjoy Cassie's amazing interview. Welcome, Persisters, to another episode of Persistence You with Lisbeth. And today... I want to pose a question. What job have you worked at the longest? And then how did you recalibrate after that job ended? My guest, Cassie Sanchez, grew up in the land of enchantment where getting lost in fictitious world became a favorite pastime. As a wife and mother of two boys and a stay-at-home mom for 22 years, her love for action superheroes and fantasy grew. Today, she currently writes romantic fantasy for those who want to escape to a world of magic, love, and the battle between good and evil. Chasing the Darkness is her debut novel and will be released soon, and actually, I think will be released by the time we post this episode. But more than that, before we talk about her book, we'll talk to Cassie about how difficult, really, it was to just, just kind of reinvent herself after a very meaningful career the pain may not have been pay, P-A-Y, may not have been what it could have been at times, but amazing benefits to being a stay-at-home mom. What a great job. But what do you do when that job ends and another one like it isn't coming for you? And so I really wanted to hear about Cassie's story of persistence because it really wasn't that easy. So welcome, Cassie, from New Mexico. Welcome to Persistence You. Thank you, Elizabeth, for having me. I am honored to be here. I am really fascinated with your story because we don't often think about what an identity shift and the skill set that you have employed for many, many years, a couple decades for you, that suddenly 
what are you going to do when your kids successfully launch and you are still at a very young age? So tell us a little bit about how you landed where you are today. There was a time where you saw the kids about ready to fly the coop and then what happened? Well, yes. So the empty nest was looming for sure. And my older son had already gone to college and my other son was, you know, had started driving. So their need for me was not like it used to be. And I really started questioning my purpose, what I was supposed to do with myself. I had friends who were doing other things that seemed very important. And I just, um, I didn't have anything to really get up in the morning for. I, my job had been taking care of those boys and now it didn't seem like they needed me anymore. And, um, that was a huge identity crisis for me. Uh, and I knew, you know, reading all the parenting books, don't have your identity wrapped in your kids, but when it's your full-time job for over 20 years, it's hard not to make that part of who you are. So as that empty nest got closer and closer, I just started kind of spiraling down into a, like, what is my purpose? What have I done in my life? I've done nothing important, which logically I know raising two boys is very important, Right. but I didn't have anything to look forward to. Right. Right. I mean, that's huge. I really can understand that. That's a big identity crisis and loss of a sense of agency and mission. So you know, how in the world, what, where did you start when you realized that this was coming for you? There's a cloud coming over your head. How did you prepare and what did you try and what, what worked and what didn't? Well, um, first I had to kind of wrap my brain around it. Like, okay, let's look for something different. You know, I looked at volunteer things and I did look at jobs, but when you haven't worked in a corporate environment for 20 years or, or plus, the idea of having to be somewhere from eight to five, I've had my own schedule for a very long time. I'm very blessed in that. But so just wrapping my brain around it, looking at ideas. And then um, I actually took a makeup class because I've always been into doing makeup. And I actually took a special effects makeup class, which was very fun. Um, Oh, wow. Yeah. Because, you know, New Mexico, we have a lot of movies and Netflix is, is filmed here. So I thought, well, this could be a really good opportunity. I love doing it. Um, In fact, actually, I learned how to do a really good black eye and I took a picture of it and sent it to my brother and he was about on the way up to the house with a crowbar (laughs) to to beat my husband. Oh, no, it's makeup. It's not real. (laughs) Um, I tried that. And at the time, my boy was a senior. And if you do in the film industry, when they call you to go, you go, you don't say no. And I was still still wrapped up with kids. Um, And then I actually looked into going to a place called the Dolphin Research Center out in Marathon, Florida, near the Keys, because I had gone to a dolphin lab a long time ago because I wanted to be a dolphin trainer, but I never left the desert, which makes it very difficult to do that. Yes. And they had this program where you could actually get almost like an associate's degree in marine training or marine biology training. And um, my husband was all for it, but I would be gone for eight months. (laughs) (laughs) take doing this program. I looked into it and they um, were interested in me coming. Uh, They did ask me, they're like, now, how old are you? Because we usually have a lot of young people (laughs) applying for this. And I was like, you know what? (laughs) So that was a little frustrating. And that's what I kept kind of bumping into was just my age, even though, you know, I'm going to be 50 in March, but it just seemed like I was competing against a, you know, a lot of younger kids 
who are getting their new, their foot in the door and a new career. And so that was just kind of frustrating. Um, and then I, you know, I found this quote that has um, been really important to me and it's, you are never too old to set another goal or to dream a new dream. And I just love that. It just gives you, it gave me like, okay, we can do this. We can find something that will light my fire. Right. So um, what happened was I had a lot of free time and I was reading where I'm I'm part of Goodreads and I read two years in a row, 75 books each year. (laughs) My goodness, Cassie, that's a lot. It was a lot. It was, I was just plowing through them and, and, um, there were no self-help books in any of that. They were all fiction and which I probably should have added a few, but, um, so anyway, my son who participated in NaNoWriMo challenged me. He said, mom, you like to read so much. Why don't you write a book? And I, you know, that idea just percolated in my mind. And then I looked at our, um, UNM continuing education and they had a creative writing class. So I signed up. I was so nervous. I, they, you know, the, the instructor said, okay, I'm going to give you a prompt and then you have to read it out loud. And I literally, I just kind of wanted to vomit because I, I was so nervous. Right. Um, and after that class, Elizabeth, I was fired up. I was so jazzed. I was so excited. I met my husband for lunch and I'm like, oh my gosh. And I'm just reading him everything. And then I told him, and you know what? A guy says I have a really nice adjectives. And, he, <laughs> and my husband said, <laughs> you tell that man to stay away from your adjectives. <laughs> <laughs> that is so cute. <laughs> yeah. So, Can you go back for a second and explain what NaNoWriMo is to, to the listeners? Yes, absolutely. So November is National Writing Month and NaNoWriMo is an organization that challenges you. And they, my, my son did it at his school, which was very cool. He had to write a 50,000 word book in the month of November. So NaNoWriMo is all about encouraging people to write and people um, set goals, whether it's 2000 words a day, 1000 or hours a day or whatever. And they set those goals to write. And my son Chase had done it twice. And part of me was kind of wow. like, well, that kid doesn't even read. And if he can do it, I sure as heck can do it. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, that's terrific. So National Novel Writing Month, NaNoWriMo, which is already underway, but it's not too late for people to to join and frankly, to take the concept and move it forward in whatever month they're listening to this on. But it yeah. really does spur a lot of writing with people who never thought that they could or would. And some really great books have come from it, maybe not in perfect form afterward, after a whole month, but really it's inspired some amazing works. So you started with that, that class and National no- Novel Writing Month, NaNoWriMo, Yep. And, and then, then um, shape? yes. Well, and then I had an idea for a book. I had actually a couple and that was what was so fun is I had ideas. My mind was finally churning again. It was, it was just sparked with creativity that it just hadn't really had, you know? And so I'm thinking of all these ideas and I'm just super excited. And I actually did write one book, um, but <laughs> it's a bloody mess and it's on a shelf right now and I'll get to it later. But then I realized, obviously, writing a book and reading a ton of books do not equate. So I started learning, just diving in to either books that I bought, classes I took, webinars. Of course, COVID then hits. 
and there's not a lot of opportunity to go anywhere, which actually worked out fine. Um, but I joined um, Jerry Jenkins Writers Guild, which was a huge benefit for me. And I just started learning the craft of writing and learning what my style was. And what was so great is I was hopping out of bed in the morning, whether that was at 4.30, which is awful, but I was still doing it, or six in the morning or whatever time. I was excited to get up in the morning. Oh my goodness. That's fantastic. And what a contrast from what it had been previously where you just felt that cloud coming at you. Yep. It was just a drudgery before. And now it was like, I have a purpose. I have something that's actually mine because everything I did was about the kids, whether I volunteered, team mom, drove them to school. It was always about them or it was about my husband. Right. Right. And so now it's like, wait a minute, this is all mine. It's I own this completely. I can do whatever I want with it. And so that was very exciting for me. That is so exciting. And I love that you sought out community and feedback. And I think a lot of people don't have the ego strength sometimes when they first start out to do that. You know, they're very private or maybe ashamed or think they're not good enough, but you're like, nope, I'm going to get in there and I'm going to learn and I'm going to get some feedback and I'm going to be a part of it. And that really does help you progress in whatever issue is coming at you, doing it in in concert with other people. You're yeah. bound to make great strides a lot quicker. Yes, it was it was good. It was um especially like Jerry Jenkins Writers Guild. He's he's the one that wrote the Left Behind series. And um you could ask him a question every week and he would he would answer you back, which was so great because you know, a lot of times like you know, I read a Stephen King book, his memoir, The Craft of Writing, or, right. um, is amazing. If anybody wants to l- learn how to write plus read a Stephen King memoir, it's fabulous. But um, the Jerry Jenkins Writers Guild just really, there was a lot of us, there was a community, and you didn't feel quite so alone because, you know, being an author, it is a, it can be a lonely place. I, I'm kind of an introvert, so I don't mind it as much. But um it was nice to have other people on the journey with me that that didn't know me because I really didn't tell anyone I was starting to write in my family or my friends. I didn't tell anyone for quite a while. And then I had one friend that I finally kind of like opened the door to and I had shared her a short story about me and my dog at the dog park because we were both venturing out on our, our, on our own. It was kind of like right in time with my little journey. And, um, so that was the first person I actually told was my friend, Karen. And, uh, and she was so encouraging and supportive that it kind of gave me courage to start talking to other people and like my mom and my dad and my brother and whatnot. So. Oh, Cassie, that is terrific. And so how did you know that you had the makings of a book? Like when did that start coming together for you? Interestingly, um, all of my, plans and my notes in my phone of ideas for stories, that wasn't the book I wrote. (laughs) My boys were actually playing a video game and they were home for whatever summer Christmas break. I can't remember. And they're playing this video game and I was just watching. And there's this one character in this game that just was intriguing and the storyline behind him. And you know, that creativity bug just smacked me right upside the head. And I sat down at the kitchen table and I wrote a scene with this character betrayed by his team in a dungeon. And that is actually part of chapter four in my current book. And um, I didn't have any plan. Like, so then I'm sitting there with this cool idea 
Um, but I had no idea what I was going to do with it. Like I just, the idea was there. And then all of a sudden now these characters start arguing in my head, <laughs> which, you know, justifies right. me talking to myself, which is great. And, <laughs> um, and then I started figuring out how to write this book and what kind of writing style fit me, whether I was, you know, a plotter or a pantser. I don't know if people mm-hmm. know what that means, but a pantser is you essentially bet. someone who writes by the seat of their pants. So Stephen okay. King is a pantser. And I am way too type A and uh, personality and way too organized. And I love notes and I love outlines. So I'm more of a plotter in that sense. But I had to figure out what worked. And um, so it did take a while to, as I was writing, I was still learning on the side. So I kind of had part of my, you know, my right brain creativity going in the mornings. And then my left brain was learning as we were going and taking notes and taking classes. Oh, that's terrific. That is so fantastic. And then how did you finally get it to book? Did you hire an editor eventually? Yes. So I, um, Jerry Jenkins actually teaches you how to edit and he, cause he says, you know, if you can just learn how to edit, then you don't have to pay someone to do it. However, um, I got it as polished as I thought. And then I started querying agents actually at that point. Um, and then with the publisher who picked me up, they said, you know, we're going to print it almost as is. So you need to make sure it's perfect. And I was like, you know what? I I need another set of eyes, even though I had beta, beta readers, I had friends read it and told them, look for whatever you can find. So I, I found a, um, an editor actually who lives in Las Cruces, New Mexico, just about three hours South of me. And, um, she edited it for me. And then I went through it again. I mean, I've read the story so many times, honestly, I'm almost sick of it. <laughs> right. But, but yeah, I got that. I got an editor and then started working um, with Morgan James Publishing on getting this book out. Fantastic. What would you tell? It's, it's such good timing because today I uh, had a conversation with a coworker who was telling me, oh, my dream used to be to be a writer. And then I had kids and it was so sad. It just kind of landed there. She's not, I would say she wasn't even 40 years old, but everything she spoke about in having this dream and she'd even gotten an education to match the dream and then started having kids, but it made it seem like life was over. Like, well, that can't happen because I had kids and that's the end. And so what would you say to maybe a mom or a dad who felt like, oh, there's life coming at me and I just can't pursue this thing, whether it's writing or something else, but it's, it's a dream that lights them up. You know, I would, um, I would tell them to, yes, your children and your family is important, but find that, find the time, do what you need to. I've talked to writers who have young kids and they're writing at 10 o'clock at night after they've put them to bed you know, or they carve out time and they tell, they get a babysitter, they tell their spouse, I, I need two hours just to do what I need to do. Make the time. Because I mean, our lives, I don't feel have to center around our children. I think that's actually part of the problem these days. I We need to, yes, our children are important, but we need to remember because they're going to be gone. They're going to leave. And then we're going to look in the mirror and go, who the heck am I? So right. it's, even if, if you have kids, find the time, still try to pursue that dream. If it's writing, I mean, you can do that anywhere. 
You can do that in the car while you're waiting to like in line to pick them up. You can have a notebook. You can go to coffee and do that. You know, if it's some other career, start researching it, take classes, do, but I wouldn't get to the point where I got where I was just feeling worthless and had no purpose. Like I was just, who am I and what am I going to do? Cause I was 47. I mean, that's young. There's a, still a whole God willing life ahead of me. And my, my husband's still working. My kids are gone. And I'm like, Hmm, I can't just sit around all day. (laughs) You know, that's, there's gotta be more to me than just that. So I would encourage those parents to keep, keep that dream alive. Don't, don't put it on the back burner. It might not be forefront anymore because you do have responsibilities with your family, but it doesn't need to be on the back burner where you think I'll never get to do it. Correct. I love that. Good. Good. I mean, it's just so important to keep that hope alive and then to remember to adapt, let it, let it adapt as your life unfolds a little bit too. So I've gone to conferences for writers where the word from different instructors is, well, you have to write every single day. You should have a practice and you should write every day before your kids get up or, you know, for people who don't have kids before you go to work or whatever, that just doesn't work for everyone, but you can find what does and it can be individualized. I think it is really important, like you've picked, you know, that you've talked about to just have something that lights you up and then to give yourself permission to do that. Yeah. And as long as it's not hurting anyone or anyone else, you know what I mean? Right. Hurting yourself or someone else. then I think it is important. Yeah, exactly. And that's, I mean, the beautiful thing about writing and, and when I was learning all the rules of writing, pretty much every time you found a rule, it could be broken. You know, I mean, right. so people who say you have to write every day. Yes. Does it help you stay in touch with your characters and in touch with your book? Sure. But you don't need pressure on yourself to do that. And maybe it's, you write down some thoughts or you write down like a few bullet points of, okay, I want my characters to do this. You don't have to write down 2000 words or 20 pages because that puts pressure on you. And that I think blocks the creativity anyway, to have that kind of pressure on you. So um, yeah. And it granted for me right now, it is easier because I have, well, I had one dog and it was very easy. And then my husband brought home a puppy, which was like having children again, <laughs> right? which I was not happy about, which definitely cut into my writing time where I had to adapt again, because when it was just Gunner and me, I could write whenever I wanted because there was no, no one around who needed me. And then I had to adapt again when the puppy came in because, you know, you know how puppies are. <laughs> Right. Oh, yes. Like a newborn. Yes, very much. They just make my eye twitch. He's adorable (laughs) and it's lucky that's why he's still alive. (laughs) I think it's so great that you've done that. Now you then have been marketing your book during the pandemic. How's that going? It's, um, you know, it's, it's good. What's, what's ironic is that my degree from UNM was in marketing (laughs) and I hate the marketing part of the book. (laughs) But of course, when I went to school, you know, there was no social media, there was no Facebook, there was none of this marketing online stuff. So, and I was out of the field for 20 plus years. So I, you know, I'm just kind of out of date. So I'm learning now how to market the book and what I should be doing, what I shouldn't be doing. And honestly, Elizabeth, sometimes it feels like I have a thousand and five things I need to be doing, but I only know what five of them are because <laughs> I, I feel good. like I'm. Yeah. I mean, and I just, you know, I take it a day at a time and I'm trying to get it out there. And, um, and, you know, there's, 
you can go down a rabbit hole of information if you Google how to market your book or how to get followers for your newsletter. You know, you just, it's, it could be a little tricky to, to do all that. And ideally I would love just to write a big check to someone and have them do it for me, but this is all part of the growing process and I'm learning what's working. And that's right. And my husband said, no. <laughs> so, and as someone who has written that big check before the, the important thing to remember with book marketing, like so many things in life is that check covers 90 days typically before the book comes out and 90 days after. But the life of your book is going to extend exceed your own. And yeah. so no matter if you hired a, a publicist or not, you still need to be your own best marketer. So good for you for getting out there and doing it. I'm just, I'm so happy that you have this that lights you up and that your family is supportive of and that you're bringing it to the world, uh, Cassie. I think that's just terrific. Thank you. Yeah, it's been great. My my boys are and my my son, my boys and my husband are my biggest fans. In fact, I in the beginning of the book, I said I made it out to, you know, the three men in my life. And my, my husband read that. He's like, wait, do we need to talk? I'm like, honey, you know, <laughs> Chase and Tyler are 20 and 22, almost 21 and 23. They are typically men. None of you act like it, but you all are men. <laughs> Oh, that is fun. Well, good. I'm so excited for you. Where can people connect with you, Cassie, and find out how to get a hold of your book? So the best place to connect to me would be at my website, which is CassieSanchez.com. It's C-A-S-S-I-E and then Sanchez.com. I'm also on Instagram and Facebook, which is Cassie Sanchez Author for those two. And those are the best places to to connect with me. Chasing the Darkness is the name of the book. The ebook is actually available now um, when we're recording this. And then the paperback actually releases in February. So um, it's available if you're a Kindle reader for now. And um, it's a fantasy just for those. It's a romantic fantasy. Um, So magic, sword fights, and a little bit of romance. So... Fantastic. That is so exciting. And I can see, I wish that everyone else could, but I'll post a picture of you up in show notes, but I can (laughs) see your excitement and your radiance. And I'm just so glad for you you as well that you're bringing this to the world. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thanks for having me. And yeah, for all those people who have a dream, keep going, keep fighting for it. Don't stop. Persistently. (laughs) That is exactly right. It's so great. And thank you, Cassie. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening today. If you've enjoyed the show, please follow. And if you've really, really enjoyed it, tell a friend and go ahead and give us a review. I'll see you next week. Proud member of the Podnougan Network.